NFL. Now, the big... The big, the big change is the commitment to running. Oh, man. All right, all right, for joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, former NFL quarterback, former NFL quarterback, ESPN analyst, and I'm assuming fart master, Dan Orlowski. So, real quick... Dan, like, explain to us what happened because I, when I was watching it, I actually thought that you were cursing or something like that, and I thought the noise was, I don't know, something from the from the stands. What happened? No, so did you crap I, your pants? I honestly, I wish it was a fart, but it wasn't um, because I mean, my microphone's at my mouth and not on my butt. But uh, long story. First of all, I was. As nervous as I've ever been, certainly since I asked my wife to marry me, like that environment was off the charts and money and football, whatever. But so, again, long story, I was under the impression we were taping, like <laughs> taping what we were saying and for the open. So I was speaking, I stuttered like an idiot, and I went, like, <laughs> with the in, my, in my ear, my producer was like, we're on live television. I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Funny because like you know it does when you play it back it sounds like I sneezed and then farted but no it was more just me being unable or unable to speak. The NFL, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, that's outstanding. So it wasn't a cheese allergy. All right, all right. No, no, no. I wish, I wish. That's why I wrote that tweet. Man, I shouldn't have hit the blue cheese so hard. No. So I wanted to ask you about uh, Mac Jones because I know a couple weeks ago uh, we talked about you said I don't, you don't believe guys like regress, right, unless it's something off the field and maturity, whatever. But I'm curious after two weeks because one of the great things, obviously, decision-making and accuracy. So what have you seen th- for Mac Jones the last two weeks? Well, Mac did not play well against Pittsburgh, and I, I don't believe that there is this individual player regression as far as ability or talent or potential, but his – production in his play last week is certainly an example of regression. I have the six plays right here uh, written down. First quarter, 138. First quarter, 53. Third quarter, 831. Second quarter, 1425. Second quarter, 453. Where um, either not trusting the, the pocket, not seeing the open person, relatively basic reads that he is not seeing the progression of the play. Guys are open. Uh, those are things that Mac never did last year. Never. I mean, I, I said last year he was the greatest rookie I'd ever seen when it came to knowing who, what, where, when, and how to throw the football. And this past week, and he just – there's multiple examples. I just gave you a handful of plays that you watch it and you go, last year you throw that ball, but why aren't you throwing it right now? Yeah. And uh, play-wise, that, that last week was, there was a definitely a regression of play. So what do you attribute that to? Because one of the brightest spots that we had coming out of a pretty ugly win that we were discussing against the Steelers was how good the offensive line looked, especially compared to what we saw them do against Miami. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm not necessarily from inside the building in Foxborough, but what makes a quarterback, I guess, stutter that way? Yeah, I agree with the offensive line, especially like their in- internal parts. The inside of that, they just decided to run the ball in between the guards, which was good. Uh, there, there's number one. Do you have confidence in the people that you're doing it with? That that's always what it begins with. Are you confident in 
the call? And then are you confident in the people that are helping you execute, execute the call, the call? Do you have clarity in what you're looking at? You know, are you looking at the right place or the right people to make those reads? Are you seeing that, you know, when you hear a broadcast, he's just not seeing the field the right way or well, that that's it. Um, I, I've always said this to quarterbacks, you go to the line of scrimmage every play with your play. And when you get the defense, you know, that what's the problem of the play? Is it a protection thing? Is this play a bad, you know, passing concept given what the coverage, what's the problem? You have to know what the problem is. And then you have to know what the opportunity is given what the defense is. Oh man, they, we got this play call and they are in quarters coverage that there's a huge opportunity for me to throw this post. And you always have the, that kind of checklist of what you should be doing. And it seems, it seems at least this past weekend where, there's not a lot of conviction or clarity with what and or who he's looking at to get the ball out. You know, Mac is not a physically twitchy as far as like athlete, so to speak. But once that kind of trigger in his mind goes to we're throwing it here, that happens pretty quickly. He's got a pretty snappy release. And so like for a lot of quarterbacks and what it looks like with Mac this past weekend is, there's just not a lot of clarity in, on what or who she, he should be looking at. Yeah, and just to follow up on that, we're talking to Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, and I was just looking at you know Trevor Lawrence, and I just and I was just you know totally this, different this right is now. why coaching matters. You look at the first yep. year with Trevor Lawrence, you look at his numbers, and you look what he's done in the first two games: sixty-eight uh, percent of a completion percentage, two hundred fifty-five yards passing per game, and obviously the interception uh, rate is down as well. To me. Like I said, I go, well, there you go. Like, there's your answer when it comes to Mac. Like, look at, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, with Doug Peterson. Look how much evolved he is as, as compared to last year. Yeah, and we're actually talking about Trevor on NFL Live today. You could just watch the ball coming out of his hands right now. I always say that. If you can look at the back leg of a quarterback and just watch his foot go into the ground when he gets to the top of his drops, they'll tell you everything. They'll tell you if they feel – everything the right way, if they're seeing everything, if they're convicted about what they're seeing, look at what's going on in Miami. I mean, th- that quarterback's playing at a completely different level than he did two years ago and certainly last year, and that's because of the uh, the belief of, hey, man, I want to get in double right, Z short, whatever. Like, okay, coach called this play, and I know it's going to work. You know, and that's what it felt a little bit rewatching the New England game. It just felt a little bit like, hey, we're just going to – let's just run this play and see if it'll work, you know, uh, instead of, oh, man, I know I know why he's calling this one. So, Dan, one of the big debates we have around here, too, is like as far as Mac Jones. We know you can win with him. You won with him last year. You had Monday Night Football. You saw Josh Allen. So the question is, three years from now, is he a big-money quarterback? Is he a guy that can take you to a Super Bowl, or is it just a ceiling? Is he just just good? So I believe he's. Um, I believe Mac has the ability to become a guy that you can go win a Super Bowl with. I absolutely do. Um, so nowadays in the NFL, you gotta you gotta be at the quarterback spot. You gotta beat teams three ways: with your arm, with your mind, and with your legs. You have to, unless you're elite at everything else. And that's where I fall with Mac. Mac is elite at everything, everything else. And he's got to be in a very unique system. He absolutely has to be in, surrounded by the, the kind of the high-end people. But you can go win with him. He's not Josh. You know, Mac is not going to be a guy that covers up for X's and O's. He's not going to be the guy that when you call, you know, a play to go rolling to your left and the defense drops in man coverage, but they cover it. He can get the step on digs all the way backside running around. He, he, no, he's not that. Um, 
But if, if, if you make sure that you continue to support him in the right way and he's in a system that is built upon utilizing those elite skills of ball placement, um, coverage identity and location, um, the type of throws that are necessary, the, the, the ball handling, like that, all those things, yeah, you can go win a Super Bowl with him for sure. Three years from now, is he a big money quarterback? Not unless he, he gets out of the situation he's in right now. So, Dan, uh, Cole Strange, uh, obviously the first-round pick for the Patriots in the most previous draft. Uh, he had a good day on Sunday. But do you feel like at this point in the season that it was the right move to take him at that point in the draft? Or would you have rather seen uh, the Patriots go after somebody that would be more of a weapon for Max, so a pass catcher, a, re- a receiver, a tight end? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a I'm – the biggest believer in the fronts, the, the offensive and defensive lines. I always say this, a great offensive line accentuates everybody's strengths and it magnifies everybody's weaknesses if you have a bad one. So if you've got a good offensive line, a player like Ken, uh, Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers, they're better than they actually are because they got more time to work. Their quarterback's got more time to hold on to the ball. Um, so, I mean, from the people who – I value their opinion on offensive line play. They said that he played phenomenal, especially against Cam Hayward a bunch in those one-on-one situations. So I could sit here and tell you, like, yeah, it looks like that was that was the proper decision as far as the, how that player is shown right now. Uh, I've become a Jacoby Myers guy. You know, I think Jacoby's made some really nice plays. I actually think, for the most part, New England was pretty good versus man coverage against Pittsburgh. You know, they were eating up man coverage, crossing the middle of the field relatively good. So, as much as I sit here and love receivers, um, I don't think having this, like, the receivers that came out of the draft this year, maybe, um, I, like, in that late 20s, I don't believe that there was anyone available that's changing this offense that much. So, Dan, uh, you know, obviously the Ravens uh, heading over uh, over here to our neck of the woods to play the, the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. going to be a little upset. I'm, you know, not really excited about that. Uh, but just looking at Lamar Jackson, the contracts on the table, like what would your main concern be signing Lamar Jackson to a fully guaranteed long-term contract? Or would you have a concern? Yeah, the, the biggest concern is how long do you think he can play with the style that he plays? That's a real thing. You know? So I, you guys mentioned I did that Monday night football game, and I'm, I've, I've been a person who swung a little bit on this, the quarterback hits thing, because after I've seen Lamar play for so long, he truly does not take a ton of big hits. He does such a good job of avoiding them. And you can make the case that quarterbacks get hit in the pocket and hurt just as much as they do outside of it. But they do expose themselves to more hits running quarterbacks. We were talking to Sean McDermott about it with Josh Allen. And he said, listen, it's undefeated. The, the more hits quarterbacks take, the, the lesser they play and the shorter they play. He's like, it's undefeated. I, I've seen it everywhere I've been. Donovan McNabb, Cam Newton. So that would probably be the big thing that you're focused on is like, where do we stand on this? Can we mitigate some of these hits? Other than that, I have nothing. He's an incredible talent. He's phenomenal as a teammate. He's a pillar within their community. He's got great competitive leadership. They've won a gajillion games with them. is Is it a fair question to ask, can you win a Super Bowl with that style of offense? That's fair. I believe you can. Um, and I believe he makes up for lesser talent around him, and they draft consistently well organizationally. So I would have no hesitation paying Lamar. Talking to Dan Olofsky, 
Mike. Your mic on? Yeah, my mic's on. <laughs> Last one for me. Um, we were talking about this wide receivers. You just mentioned Kendrick Bourne. You like him. But is is there is there, in a way, is it bad to have, like, four good ones? Because you really can't get three guys, like, you know, what they really may need. You know, we all just look at it and say Myers is the guy. Then maybe Aguilar Bourne. Like, is Devante really fit here? He needs targets. Because you still got Thornton coming back here, the rookie that they like, yeah. in week five or six. So it's how do you get four guys in a rhythm? Are you better off almost just sticking with three and trying to get this thing going? No, it's not. It's not bad to have that. Here's here's where they are lacking, and here's where the issue shows. Those guys are all threes and fours in the NFL. They don't really have a number one or number two wide receiver. No, they're they're good threes and good fours. Like I think Jacoby's a good three. Kendrick's a good three. Nelson right now is a good three. But look at some of these re- receiving cores in the league. It, it, look at in the division. Uh, Steph and Gabe, they're a legit one-two. Re- obviously, Tyreek and Jalen, a legit one-two. Shoot, in New York, you're looking at uh, Elijah Moore and, and, and um, Garrett Wilson, a legit one-two. They don't have a one or number two. So that's where the issue comes is when you have all these pieces, you know, even looking at Kansas City who moved on from Tyreek, Tyre- they, they they have legitimate number two receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, Juju's a good number two. MVS is a good two. Sky Moore's going to become a good two. They have their one in, in Travis. So that's where it is, is when you're designing these offensive plays, oftentimes it's, well, here's our one. Let's get him the ball. And we've got the, our two here. And listen, our three is so good that if they're paying extra attention to our one and two, you're going to get their fourth or fifth corner. Go wear him out. That's where the issue shows. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, Dan, we really appreciate it. Um, be be careful, you know. Next next time you're on the TV, I don't know. You got any yeah, more got games? Game. I know yeah. it's a doubleheader Monday night, but you know what's crazy is, I mean, obviously that happened two nights ago, and I've heard it four thousand times, <laughs> and I cannot stop laughing at it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're happy we played sure, it two or three more sure times. My maturity level is <laughs> better than you guys. All right, Dan Olafsky, we appreciate it, man. Looking forward to talking to you again next week. Have a good week, guys. All right, Thanks. take it easy. Dan, by the way, is brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. We come back. We'll react to what Dan Olofsky said. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on these guys being threes and four. And there was an article in The Ringer that kind of looked at the Patriots, find out what tier they put them in. We'll discuss it next.